The text for the sermon this day is Psalm 23. And so most of you have pu uh, hymnals in your pews. I can say you have pews in your hymnals. Most of you have um, hymnals in your pews. So if you would like to, bring out, take out your, the hymnals. And in case you don't know, all of them have the Psalms in them. Not all 150, but a good chunk of them. So turn to Psalm 23 in your hymnal. We're going to walk along through this. Psalm 23 is quite the familiar psalm. Heard at funerals, spoken at bedsides. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start by reading this together. So, if you need to look off your neighbor, that's okay. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, verse 4, I'm going to start and focus on that. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So, as you notice, we had a few people walk in. Um, we just grabbed a few people off the street who happened to be wearing robes, and we told them, let's go up front. So, no, we, have, it is, we are recognizing our graduates, the class of 2023. And to hear those words, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's kind of a weird words to hear when you're about to graduate. I mean, you're seniors in high school. You got your entire life ahead of you. It's hard to think valley of the shadow of death. But right there, it hits right, right there the exact reality, the nature of the world we live in. We live in a world that is marred and affected by death. It wasn't even a year ago that one of you got very close. I, Keith, you know that's you. <laughs> but I remember that right around graduation time last year, wasn't it? And so, I remember getting the call, and, ha and of course, because we're the small town that we are in, there was a lot of false information going around. And so, I was actually expecting to come and try to figure out what to say to you, how do I deal with, how do I confront your parents for the worst? And that's a very, quite amazing that you are here today. And you have, by the way, you don't realize how amazing it was only about a month later, he went with us to Houston, Texas. He, was going, he went to the youth gathering. But the thing is, is that 
is a very specific example to this class. But the reality is, is that as you venture into your future, when you go to college, college brings, or post high school life, it brings all sorts of challenges, all sorts of dramas. So these are the th reminders that you will get of the valley of the shadow of death. For one, you'll have to do final exams and stuff like that. That's stressful. That'll be a reminder, but much harsher. You're going to be there, and you're going to have a long relationship. And all of a sudden, it falls apart. Because it turns out that this person was at another school, and they found another person that was much better than you. And they end up in that relationship. And you're, you, this person you thought you'd get married to, over. Or you find out that somebody you're engaged to has been cheating on you for a while. When you hear, you get the news, or this might be a friend of yours, they get the news, their thought is to take a whole bunch of pills. And so they end up in a mental health ward for a few weeks. It might be that you're at school and you find out that one of your, your parents suddenly are in the hospital. And you're at school and you're many hours away and they're struggling and battling with their health and you would give, and you cannot easily be there. And they might even tell you, don't come here, it's more, it's important that you work on what you're doing. And they'll insist on it. Or you're at school, and one of your grandparents suddenly pass away. It's a very lonely, isolating feeling when that happens. Everyone else is going about their normal day, but you are carrying with you the knowledge that your grandfather died that morning. Or maybe you find yourself, get to know some people who, or girl who happens to be in this relationship that's quite abusive. And you find yourself spending hours and hours trying to counsel her to help her get out of it. Those are all, I know I'm getting really serious and dark, I know, and heavy. But I'm going to tell you something. Those stories were not random. Those were all things that I experienced in college. Not, that's not stuff I read online. Those are things that happened to me or people who I was close to. Yes, there is a lot of drama, a lot of challenges. It is all the reminder that we walk through this valley of the shadow of death. But we had to go back to the beginning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means you shall want for nothing. And that's going to be hard to believe when you're in college and you're eating ramen noodles or ramen noodles with spam, which I've heard is a really bad combination. 
or whatever really discounted stuff that you're living off of, or if you're in my case, you went into dorm food and that food was, I'm pretty certain there might be X-Wax involved in it. <laughs> Not good food, but it's all you could afford. It may be surprising that you will lack, but that you won't lack for anything, but you will with Yahweh, the God of the universe is your shepherd, you shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. A sheep, the purpose of the green pasture is to rest, to feed. So what is the pasture that God has you rest and feed? It's his word. He gives you his scriptures, which by the way, you're going to receive a Bible, which I haven't done ever since I've, for almost 10 years, I've given every graduate a Bible for them to have. So that you may have those green pastures to rest in, to lie down in, to rest in God's word. He leads me beside still waters. The still waters was right there. Now some of you, it's a lot easier to remember your baptism date because it was, it was January 8th of this year. So, if you don't remember, there's probably, probably think issues are going on there. <laughs> but, for the rest, of, some of you, you don't remember. Although, you pro raise your hand if you've received a baptism birthday card from me. Okay, so you've gotten a reminder. You, you haven't had a baptism birthday yet. That's why you don't have one yet. But, if you've received one, you have an idea. And a couple of you, I actually wrote your baptism birthday in your Bible, because... You have extra stuff and notes I could put into it. But when you were brought in those, that, those baptismal waters, you, those are the still waters, peaceful waters, because you're brought to peace with God. And through the word, which is the green pastures, through the waters of baptism, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The, he the Hebrew word that gets translated there as paths, it's talking about a specific type of path. It's a path where, basically, it's a path of protection. If the sheep stays in that path, he will not come to harm. If he gets outside of the path, the sheep is in danger. And the path of righteousness is simply the path of faith. The very faith that all that you confessed when you stood up here and you confessed your faith at confirmation. When you confirmed, you confirmed the faith you received in baptism, that is the path of righteousness to walk in faith of your Lord, the faith of your shepherd. And so therefore, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, the Lord, who is my shepherd, Yahweh, who created everything, who is your shepherd, is with me. Did anybody happen to notice the hymn number that we just sang? Did anybody see a big number is on the screen? Six, six, six. Anybody know what that number is? That's the devil's number. 
comes out of the book of Revelation. Well, fun story about that is when they produced the current hymnal, the hymn committee realized that they were going to have to have a hymn number 666. And they're trying to figure out what is the perfect hymn for that hymn number. And they picked, oh, little flock, fear not the foe. Which, by the way, when you, if you look at your, there's a folder that has all the information on you graduates. It's out on the Welcome Center. You'll see there's a hymn, of class hymn that I selected. It's this one. Not because when I think of you, I think of the devil. Don't worry, it's not what I think of that. <laughs> no, it's this hymn. It's picked that because the hymn is telling you, you have no evil to fear, even the devil, because the hymn is all about not fearing him. It goes even as far as mocking the devil. It says, hell's satanic crew against us, not earth nor hell's satanic crew against us shall prevail. Their might, a joke, a mere facade. God is with us, and we with God, our victory cannot fail. For your rod and staff, they comfort me. The purpose of the rod was to fight off the sheep, fight off the wolves. The staff, if the, the lambs decide, or the sheep decide to wander off, because that's what sheep do, they decide that this path isn't very good, and they see another route to go, and they find themselves in danger, vulnerable to the wolf, that staff would be used to pull the sheep back into the path. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This table, this meal, where you receive bread, you receive wine, which is the body, which is the blood of Jesus Christ given to you for the forgiveness of your sins. And who's your enemies? No, it's not. I don't think we have any Ridgeview people or anything. They might be. Are they enemies? Rivals? Or Iowa State, fan, Iowa State fans for Iowa fans. No, that's not the enemies. It's not the guy, it's not the, that person who cuts his lawn a little bit too short or something. No, the enemies are sin, death, the devil. In the presence, as you walk in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, which is created by sin, death, and the devil, he prepares this meal to give you strength, to give you forgiveness. And notice, says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And that is to say that the forgiveness of God has no limit. There isn't a point that you have sinned too much for God. There isn't a point where he will stop forgiving you. He has forgiven you more than you will ever sin. You can never outwork, out-sin his forgiveness and grace. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No, it is not I will dwell in the house, I shall. In other words, you now dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you were baptized into Christ's holy name, when you, were when you received the benefits of the cross, we are, still, we are currently in the Easter season. Only a few weeks ago, we celebrated Good Friday. We focused on Jesus' death. 
the extravagance of his love for you. And by his death, he brought you forgiveness. He brought you goodness and mercy. By his rising, it is a guarantee that as you who are brought into the faith, if you have been baptized into Christ Jesus, you have been baptized into his death. You have been raised with him. And therefore you dwell in the house of Yahweh, of the Lord, forever and ever and ever. Yes, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And the thing is, the whole thing in there, it's all about you cannot walk it alone. You, none of you can walk it alone. Whether you're entering, you're about to graduate, or if you've been graduated for a long time, or graduation is a distant event, you cannot walk this world on your own strength. Your strength will fail. I know there are many things in this world that are vying for your attention. There are many things in this world that are trying to get you to pay attention to it. And they'll even convince you that unless you, you've got to give up that time on your faith. You've got to focus on these other things. By the way, interesting thing, if you think you cannot succeed by being faithful, did anybody happen to watch the NFL draft? Did anybody notice how many of them were talking about their faith? Do you know how notice how many of them got higher draft picks because of their involvement in their church? Because it told them about the character. The NFL is dealing with a lot of players who create bad press for them. They don't want that. The ones who are involved with their church tend to have better character less likely to have issues. So contrary to popular opinion, you can be faithful and still succeed. Have you ever heard of Peyton Manning? He was kind of successful, extremely faithful. He's written entire books about his faith. Tony Dungy, his head coach, same thing. You cannot, there, it is a lie that you can't succeed and still be faithful. You need, but what is not a lie is you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And what is not a lie is that Jesus conquered death. He rose from the dead. And when you go to college, you will probably hear somebody say, oh, Jesus never existed. And honestly, your reaction to that would be, that's an interesting theory. I just don't have enough faith to believe he didn't exist. Because trust me, it takes faith to believe that the 27, how many, do you know how many books are in the, how many books is the New Testament? It's 27. It's not one book, 27 books writing about Jesus. You also could add into it the writings of the church fathers. You could add to it people like Tacitus, Josephus, Pliny the Younger, Suetonius. These are all Greek, Greek and Jewish historians of the time of Jesus, all who attest to him. There's a reason why if you want to go into history and you say you don't believe Jesus existed, you probably won't get the job because they will think you are an incompetent historian. 
Even Bart Ehrman, who's an avid atheist, has written books about the existence, the historicity of Jesus. But it goes beyond the fact that Jesus exists. Because when you go to college, when you go to school, for those who are going to be there, if you are faithful, you are a minority, an extreme minority. And by the time you go into the workforce, only 30% of the U.S. population will be Christian. The numbers are dropping fast. But that doesn't change that you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't change that Jesus rose from the dead and conquered death, and there is hope. Which means you, who's, where you are going, you are the missionary. How many of you remember going to Mission Central? That embarrassing photo you saw, it was on Instagram. When we went to Mission Central outside of Mapleton, you met Missionary Gary. You are missionary. Your mission field for the last few years, well, it still is for a couple weeks, is OABCIG. Your mission field is to be of various places. And by the way, if you're wanting to know where to find a church, I made it so easy for you. In your Bible, there's going to be a card. There's a business card, my business card. On the front has my contact info. The reason is because remember that valley of the shadow of death? Life will be cruddy at times. If you need someone to talk, you have a person that you can contact. Feel free. On the back, we'll tell you your service, churches to go to. So quite a few of you are going to Des Moines or Ankeny. I grew up in Ankeny. So I have Christ Lutheran Church. If you want to go and find out stories about Pastor Neil, everyone, there's a whole bunch of them will be able to tell you. Because they know me when I was in second grade. In fact, the guy that listened to my memory work, you could hear how bad I was. So, a little reminder for those who struggle with memory work, it's, you can still make it. So, you can hear stories about me. In fact, the guy that used to take me to the National Youth Gathering, the one who lost me in New Orleans for about almost an entire day, he goes to that church. So, if you want to hear any of those stories. There are keep, like I said, you cannot walk it alone. And there are so many around you who need Christ. And as the missionaries, as the ones who are sent to these places, you need to be equipped, ready to tell someone, to know Christ, to have faith, so that they too may walk with you. Follow the Good Shepherd. Where they lie down in the pastures of his word, live in the waters of baptism, where your soul is restored, that you may be led in paths of righteousness, that you may not fear the valley of the shadow of death or any evil, for he is with you. His rod and his staff will indeed comfort you and them. He prepares a table before you. Don't neglect the Lord's Supper. You will miss people. One of the great things about the Lord's Supper, when we take communion here at St. Paul Lutheran Church, in Ida Grove, if you happen to take communion at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Fort Dodge, so for some of you who are going to Iowa Central Community College, I know it's really hard to remember that name, St. Paul. Who's ever heard of a St. Paul Lutheran Church? It's hard to find. 
No, we are St. Paul Lutheran Church. If you happen to go to that church and you take communion, guess what? You are united to those who take communion here. It's the same supper, the same Lord. So may we follow our good shepherd throughout all our days until he leads us to his house, to his resurrection, which has no end. To him be all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen.